girl, hey! Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze! I'm one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. We are out here, explorers, into the great unknown. Exploring more and more every day. Yes, welcoming you onto our path. Hoping you'll join us. Yes, so pour yourself a cup of tea, wrap yourself in a cozy blanket, put on your favorite bunny slippers, and get ready for another time with your favorite spiritual gaze. Yeah. I mean, are we the only spiritual gaze? I mean, I don't think we're the just by trade only spiritual gaze, but we are the only spiritual gaze because we trademarked that shit. But anyhow, yes, we are the spiritual gaze, and more specifically, who are you? Uh, I'm Brandon Alter. I am a spiritual healer and teacher. I'm also a tarot reader and a tarot teacher. Um, and I am a writer and a creator and a human being just trying to do the best they can. She's a coat of many colors. She is a coat of many colors. <laughs> Going back to one of my beloved ancestors, Joseph. Oh, yeah. I was referencing the Dolly Parton song, which we have a patron saint candle of Dolly Parton burning on the altar right now. That's true. But is her coat of many colors referencing the Joseph coat of I many colors? I think it was to some degree. I think it was made for her by her mother. Uh-huh. And I, I'm sure it was because they were very Christian. I'm sure Got it was it. inspired by Joseph. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's an Old Testament situation. Yeah, I don't remember the lyrics of the song. I only know that Andrew Lloyd Webber won. Right, of course. That was the first musical I was ever in, actually, when I was like seven years old. I know. And finally, remember, I've told you that it was the first musical I was supposed to be in. Oh, but what happened? We were shut down by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, right. Because you guys didn't have the rights to do it. No, we we were allowed to do it, but he was mount. they were mounting a production in LA at the same time. And there was some sort of like thing in place where you couldn't they wouldn't allow any other pr- productions happening within a certain like that's so distance. ridiculous though. i know like you we were, were like really gonna school. compete yeah for like two weekends like yeah. we were really gonna compete with like the show at the pantages but... well andrew lloyd weber's reputation is not that he is the most generous and kind human being well we had him shaking in his boots oh yeah totally and who are you honey uh, I am Angel Lopez, not the star of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream. <laughs> Were you cast? Did you have a part? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I was like in the chorus. Got it. You're just an Israelite. Yes. Um, but I am a writer and a film producer and an astrologer and an all around healer. Well, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to your, <laughs> welcome your, to my house. To your own house <laughs> where you've been without fail for the last almost four weeks now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've. Only left the house to walk the dog. I have not stepped foot inside any other place but this house for a month. Yeah, it's been almost a month now. Yeah. Haven't gotten in your car? I have not. I should probably try and start it to make sure the battery's not dead. Well, you can maybe take me to Rite Aid later to pick up a prescription. (laughs) Oh, right. Of course. It'll be our big adventure for the month. Yeah. Um, Show... Show... (laughs) (laughs) Like yes. share now. Yes. Um so should we just do a little check in? <laughs> okay. Oh, that was I'm not a very good share. I mean my share is not that good either, but I'm just really committed to it. You know, it's just you have to just really commit. <laughs> Snap out of it. I'm fucking share, bitch. That's not bad. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a fucking icon, okay? I'm fucking share. I'm a legend. I'm a shiro. She is a shiro. 
and I'm political as fuck. Mm-hmm. True that. Well, we need her right now. We really do. I know. I haven't really been. I mean, I haven't been on Twitter much at all lately, so I haven't good. really seen her. It's not her. good for your anxiety. No. So I haven't seen her tweets. But I know she's hawking that perfume on Instagram. Well, that is a waste of her time. Nobody needs that perfume right now. Yeah, ain't nobody's sending away for what that What we right need now. is for her to get back into her studio, which she has in her house, and to record us a new album. That's what we need. Oh, that's how good she, that's how she could be using this time. hymns. Oh my gosh. Just some good dance music, <laughs> man. That's what I would love. So you can dance in your underwear in your kitchen? Honey, you know I would. Uh, I, know. I was we in my underwear a, yesterday. We haven't had a good quarantine dance party, though. We no. really should have one. I know we should. Be good cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, why don't you check in with me? <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I am doing better <laughs> than I feel I have been. Yeah, I think you are too. Yeah. I've been moving through this whole process uh, without grace, and now I've found some, I think, to some degree. But uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. I am feeling much more present in everything, uh, not going online as much as I was in those first two weeks and sort of scrolling through all the news and the stories and obviously still paying attention and uh, keeping aware of everything that's going on, but doing so in a way that I feel like really protects my well-being and doesn't allow my anxiety to grow. I mean, I've really been working a lot on actually just like going within and having conversations with that anxiety, you know, trying to really like get to the root of it and excavate it and understand all of the childhood traumas. And I think I talked about it on our last episode, just like some of the childhood stuff that have been coming up for me. And uh, you and I had a really interesting conversation. Uh, we did. Yeah, slash intervention, maybe, when you oh. told me that I needed to, like, go a little deeper. Oh, shit. I said that? Yeah. You wow. read me fulfilled over the kitchen counter. But it was great <laughs> because it did actually, like, wake me up to the fact that I had been sort of living in the bit of the, like, surface of my issues, you know? Like, mommy was this, daddy was this, you know, all of that stuff. And needing to go to the next layer of that, which is just like the spirit self, you know, and really trying to tap even more directly into, well, what is spirit trying to teach me here? You know, what is this massive transformation going on about? And what role do I have to play? What, how do I step forward in this process? You know, um, so I've been trying to do a lot of that. I've been trying to really show up as an astrologer and like a healing voice for people uh, more and more, which has been really helpful. And I've also been really communing with my creative work, you know, in a different way, really coming at it from a more spiritual practice, like meditating into it's so funny. I was talking to our good friend, Lori Liu the other day we um, love you Lori Lou. i know and was just saying to her how i was like yeah now i'm doing these like meditations where i get in touch with the spirit of the story and the characters and like what wants to come through in this moment and she was like how have you not been doing that up until this point and i was like i really don't know but <laughs> but now that is like such a thing where i am able to tap into that and and i feel like the writing comes much more effortlessly yeah when it's I beautiful sit down to do it 
So, you know, it feels just more connected to to the bigger picture of it all. Uh, you know, what's trying to be translated. So it's been interesting, you know, but I'm still dealing with the demons of this reality that we're in. And, you know, I still have fear. I still experience sadness. Um, You know, I miss hugs from my friends. I miss walking out in the world and not feeling like apprehensive when I have to turn a corner, you know, like I, I miss certain things, but I'm also very grateful, you know, that we have our health, we have our home, we have our sanity and we have everything we need. So I'm just trying to continue to approach it every day from that place and trying to be in the gratitude, trying to be in the stillness and, you know, trying to offer my heart, my, myself to those who need it and you know I am sad for for the world I'm sad for people who are who are really going through some tough times but um I guess I just have to take this time to turn within and strengthen so that I can be more of a presence in the world that can be a light yeah we need you we need all y'all yeah. I mean, we all need to be lights, right? As yeah. best we can. And especially when you're in a dark time like this. So, you know, I know everyone has to be doing what they need to be doing for themselves to take care of themselves. Um, so, and everyone's journey is super unique. So I hope everyone out there is just finding ways to manifest a transformation in some way, even if it's a small one, you know, but I know some people in our world, in our community, in the spiritual gaze community are all going through some really big transformations. I feel like we've been getting that messaging from a lot of people. So, um, yeah, so I, I wish everyone well on their journey. Yeah. We hope you find grace in the midst of your transformation. Yeah. And look, if you trip and fall, I've been down there too, girl. I'll help you back up. But how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I really resonated with what you said about just really tuning into what this time is asking of all of us on a deeper spiritual level. And I've really just been feeling the call to really pick up my spiritual warriorship. You know, at this time more than ever, it's not a luxury I have to not do my my practices every day. And it's not just for me that I'm doing them, right? Like more and more, I'm like, no, you have to wake up and do your stuff because you have to go to work. Like you have to step into your role as teacher and healer and provide space and opportunities for people to to practice the things that I've had a, quite a few years to practice, you know? And I've just been thinking about over the past few years how a lot of people, I think, have been getting the message like to lean into spirituality and to and to begin their own process of healing and to learn how to like be a healer and facilitate different sorts of modalities. And it's like we're seeing why, like right now. Because for those people that have never had the opportunity to dive a little bit deeper, like now they have to. And thank God there's a lot of people who can hold space for those others, you know, and we're all in this together. So I remember a quote, like, there will always be more 
people in need of healing than healers. So it's like wherever you are, like the market's not oversaturated, like step up, shine your light, let people know that that you're available to help and to hold space. And I have to say, helping others can sometimes really be an amazing way to help yourself too, like to get the attention off of yourself. And I'm not saying like be a people pleaser and like put others before yourself, but sometimes if you're so self-absorbed and you're just like worried about me, 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 like just, you know, open up your heart to hold space for somebody else. And it's amazing how that shifts you too. I've experienced that so many times um, in my work as a healer. And so Spirit's been very clear with me um, that I am to be journeying twice a day, my qigong, morning and night. Um, and it's a lot. Like every day I feel like, you know, I'm climbing another mountain, but that is what I signed up for. And every morning I wake up and I try to remind myself that I am a spiritual warrior and that's what I'm doing here. So I have good days and I have bad days, but the sooner I can get to my practices and make sure to kind of dive into that, the, the smoother things go. I too miss some of the luxuries of the old world. Um, I just miss being able to like get in my car and like drive out to the desert. I really miss nature. I was walking the dog yesterday and people in Los Angeles are doing a better job for the most part of like wearing masks or just like giving the six feet of space, but they're not perfect at it yet. And I just came home from that walk and I was like, I want to move somewhere where it's like just less populated. <laughs> like I just want to move to like the desert or the woods or New Mexico, just somewhere like I can walk the dog for miles and not be disturbed and just really connect with nature. And we're so lucky because we have a little back patio and there's a little oregano plant and a sage plant and some cacti. And I've been communing with them a lot. And when the sun is out, I just sit in that sun and soak it in. But I, I miss big, expansive nature for sure. But we're so blessed and we have plenty of food and we have noche and we have the time to do what really needs to be done. And for me, what needs to be done is really just like a deeper dive into spirituality, which seems maybe weird to say because like that's what I already do. But it's like it's an onion, you know, you just like keep peeling back the layers and I'm being invited to go into like another deeper layer of things. And so I am accepting the invitation. And I'm on board. I mean, I feel like the first thing we get to do when we have the okay to kind of venture out is go find somewhere in nature to go live for like a month. Oh my God. That'd be <laughs> Which is kind of dream. funny that we're like, we're going to leave isolation to go to a to new To go isolation. to new isolation. <laughs> but, you know, we were already thinking maybe about that anyways with our housing situation. Yeah. Um, and that the house that we're in right now, it, you know, it is temporary. There is an expiration date, albeit a mystery expiration date. Right. Um, and that maybe it'd be nice to to shake up our normal and figure out what the next steps are. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I love what you're sharing about um, your creativity and really listening to the spirit of the story and the characters and how it wants to come through. I feel that way a lot with songwriting, like the spirit of the song and how mm -hmm. like you can't force it. Like, and I can't tell you like why a certain set of lyrics works better than another, just that like it feels like that's what the lyrics were always supposed to be. Right. Um, I just like finished writing a new song for Brandonna Summer. And it wasn't that like I sat down and was like, I'm going to write a new song. It was just that like I literally kept catching 
like glimpses of it throughout the day. I would just like mm-hmm. find myself singing something and I was like, what is this that I'm singing? And as I began to like tune into it more and more, I was like, oh, this is the chorus. Oh, this is the bridge. And then like two nights ago when you were like, wow, that was a really long P. It was actually because I had <laughs> I had heard the pre-chorus in my head and I had to sing it into my voice recorder um, before I lost it. Amazing. So, um, it was your siren's song. It was my siren song. So the creativity is lovely. Um and feeling it as a transmission from the divine. Well, speaking of creativity. Yeah, should we share with the gazers a little dose of inspiration? So, you know, this is that segment where we talk about things that give us life, things that have been inspiring us, and we don't just mean trash TV. No, just... What is getting us through? Yeah, the things that are inspiring us. So do you want to start, babe, sharing one of your doses of inspiration? Sure. Uh, Well, one of my doses of inspiration is the entire catalog of Tori Amos. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I am. I have just been diving into her. I don't know what really called it. I'm sure on some level all of this, like revisiting of like past experience and um, even just obviously melancholy of some of this, you know, she obviously like exudes that energy so well. Mm-hmm. But I, even before we were in quarantine, I was just kind of starting to dive back into her a bit. Um, and I have really just been re exploring a lot of her music. And I recently also reread her book called Piece by Piece that she wrote with this music journalist, Ann Powers, that's basically not so much a memoir by any means. It really just like is like musings on different like areas of life. And her approach to creativity is that, you know, it is spiritual. I mean, she's a very spiritual human and, you know, it's very much about like communing with the spirits of the music, the spirits of the song. And she's very into like different deities and goddesses and connecting to them and and embodying those archetypes for the music, you know, so that the songs aren't even really all like from her life. You know, they are similar, I'm sure to you and Brenda on a summer, you know, it's embodying this archetype of this character and like, merging with that to then storytell you know and so she does a lot of that i just want to tell the gazers that Uh, there was like a a night last week where you like took a bath oh yeah and you like played tori amos the whole time and the door was shut but you were just like singing along oh my god wailing like you were wailing to it but it was i mean it was beautiful to experience from the other side of the door you giving yourself permission to like dive in to literally be in the water to be in the bath yeah and to really like let her help you access you know deeper emotional whatever it was that needed to be expressed yeah well there's something like so ritualistic for me to listen to her i like she was always one of those artists when i was younger who where i would just literally sit down with headphones and just listen Mm. to the music and i don't do that as often as i used to do like i used to love that experience in general just sit down and listen to music yeah and just listen to it and just feel the words feel the emotion and that's something that i've been really trying to 
connect back to and just listen to music again. And, and so I felt like she was the perfect doorway into that for me. Um, I mean, I remember so distinctly hearing her for the very first time when I was in high school and being introduced to her by a friend and just now all the like many times I've seen her in concert and just like the energy that she brings and that transfers between her and the audience. I definitely am going to take you to a Tori Amos concert when we can go to one just so you can experience it. But um but yeah, there is nothing like being in a bathtub and like fucking wailing precious things. I was really <laughs> feeling myself. I'm just feeling such, life. No, you're such a lesbian. <laughs> I can be. Yeah, that's cute. Um, but yeah, so that's been really inspiring me quite a bit. Just so like that's, a, tap that's back a heavy in, dose. Yeah, tap back into my emotions and tap into my creative inspiration. Yeah. You? Um, well, I read this really sweet little book. It's a graphic novel called Bloom. You read it too. Oh, yes. I loved Bloom. Our good friend, Philip J. Bartell, gave it to me for my birthday. And I just sat up one night with a big pot of rose tea and I just read it from cover to cover because it's a graphic novel. So it only takes like, you know, two hours to read. And it was just this like super sweet story of like a young boy kind of coming into his own and falling in love and working at his parents like Greek bakery in, I don't know, it seemed like it was like, I don't know, like an East Coast beach town. Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those moments that was so transportive. Like I was just fully in that world and it was so sweet. And it also just helped me to feel some sort of like purity. There was something really pure and sweet and simple about that story. And so I really recommend it. It's called Bloom. It's a graphic novel. And I believe it is written by Kevin Panetta and illustrated by Savannah Gunachow. And apologies if I mispronounced either of those names, but it's beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, it's a gorgeous little gay love story. Yeah, it's really great. And then um, the other thing that's been amazing is this online class that I made Angel and I sign up for um, with this guy named Daniel Four, F-O-O-R. He's got a website called ancestralmedicine.net. And so he's doing this 11-week course called Bring Out Your Dead, and it's all about ritual and ancestral healing for this particular time. And it's really generous because he's got a whole sliding scale option. So you can literally pay nothing if you want. Um, like if that, like if you don't have the money, then you can literally pay nothing, but join in. I think there's over a thousand people who've signed up for it. Yeah. And every Wednesday for 90 minutes, there's some guided practices and some teaching, but I really resonated so strongly with it last Wednesday and I'm looking forward to it again. And I just really recommend it to all of you. If you're looking for a deeper ritual space, if you're like, I want to dive more deeply into spirituality, but I don't quite know how this is a really great, super accessible way. And it's open registration. So it's like, you're not behind. You can just join in whenever. So those be my doses. Great. Well, hopefully y'all can tap into some of that for yourselves. Yeah. Or just dive deeper into your own. What's given you life. Yeah. And share with us. We want to know. Yeah. If there's shit we need to be knowing. Yeah. About. What should we be listening to? Yeah. Are there any queer love stories I should be reading? Yeah, Totally. Or watching. But like no more TV recommendations. Like I've had like, there's so much TV. Like we're watching so much TV. And but we're I'm, also not watching a lot of TV, which I'm surprised by. 
Well, because like, we're watch, so busy. Yeah, we kind of watch. <laughs> no, I mean, it's. I, I'm not mad about it. Like, I think we watch kind of what we've always watched. It's not like we've like, like we haven't watched Tiger King. We no. haven't really like. We Binged haven't really anything. like. Yeah, we've. I mean, we've jumped into Battlestar Galactica. Oh, Angel uh, allowed me to take him into Battlestar Galactica, which I watched all the way through like 10 years ago and loved every second of it. And now he's getting to experience it for the first time. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it a lot. Yeah, it's a really beautiful, it's got a real spirituality to it. It does, yeah. This Aquarius loves an intersection of science fiction and spirituality, so is in spades. <laughs> but yeah, it's not like we've like gone crazy watching television. So. No, but I just like don't need to like know anymore. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, we're busy. We're out here in these streets recording these podcasts, teaching our class. Scrubbing walls. Scrubbing walls, deep clean in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to let the gazers know about some like online offerings that we have coming up just because we are trying to hold more and more space for y'all and really step into our power here. So every other Saturday, I teach yoga in the morning, and then we're also going to start um, offering a virtual breathwork session. So we just did this this last Saturday, and it was fantastic and so beautiful. And so that will be happening. All of this is yeah, it's like a little with a little dose of astrology. Yeah, Angel starts by kind of cosmically orienting you, giving you a little cosmic update, and then we breathe to transform and release and let go and connect. It's really beautiful. If you've never done breath work, come join us. Um, you'll find all this stuff on the website, of course, um, and the yoga class too. If you want to give yourself like a little Saturday half day retreat, start with the yoga and then move into the breath work. And it's kind of an amazing way to just like shift whatever it is in you needs to be shifted. And then we'll have our Taurus season webinar. Here we go, everybody, into the spring. Um, And that's going to be Monday, April 20th. Mm -hmm. Oh, it'll be on 420. Oh, hey. It'll be our 420 celebration. We'll light up fake joints. Yeah, since I now have almost 11 months of sobriety. Crazy. I know, it's pretty amazing. But y'all can light up. Yeah, light up. Smoke a joint on camera. I'd love to see it. I'll live vicariously through y'all. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot that you can participate in and help us help you move through these times. Gorgeous. And we'll also be doing our virtual dance party. <laughs> yeah. Our virtual safe touch cuddle party. Yes. Our virtual slumber party. Um, but honestly, the breath work came out of you know, a little Instagram live we did and our gorgeous friend Sarah D. Bull suggested it as something. So if there are other things you feel like we could be offering or you'd be interested in, definitely let us know. And yeah. we can certainly uh, consider it. We're here to serve y'all. Yas. So speaking of service, let's move into this episode's Deep, Deep Dive. Dive. So because I have been journeying like a motherfucker, I thought this is really the time to do an episode about shamanic journeying. And I was actually kind of shocked to discover that we don't have one that's specifically about journeying. Yeah, we have a what the fuck is shamanism episode. Totally. That's more of a general overview of what shamanism is. But shamanic journeying is the number one tool in my spiritual tool belt. 
And I do teach it the first Friday of every month at the Journey Circle. Um, but I'm basically just going to teach it to you today. And Ooh. I'm just going to talk about what it is, how to do it. Angel and I will share some of our experiences with it. And then what I'm going to do is create a drumming track for everybody. And I'm going to post it to an unlisted YouTube link. And then you will be able to journey whenever you want. So how will people get access to that? They just reach out for it? Maybe we'll post it to the website. Perfect. Yeah. So shamanic journeying is literally the art and practice of letting your soul travel to spiritual worlds. And I think now more than ever, when we are feeling in isolation, when we are feeling like perhaps physically we are a little trapped, it's a really great time to recognize the limitless expansion of your spirit. And there are three worlds from a shamanic point of view. There is the upper world, and then there is the lower world, and then there is the middle world. And the upper world and the lower world are spiritual worlds, meaning that they are immaculate, and that all of the beings that live there are spiritual beings. The middle world is like the spiritual overlay of this world. We live in the middle world. So when we're journeying, generally we want to go to the upper world or the lower world because we want to get out of where we are right now. And the middle world isn't dangerous per se. It's more just messy because as human beings, we're messy. And so therefore the spiritual quality of this world is in uh, a state of disarray, <laughs> to put it kindly. <laughs> and so in the middle world, you're going to encounter your nature spirits. So, you know, when you take a walk, um, even like when I'm in the backyard and I'm connecting with the olive tree or the lemon tree or even like the little fairy spirits, like that's middle world. It's also where you're going to find the spirits of the dead. And these are the dead that are... Um, not entirely well, because ideally, once you die, you are resolved enough with your life that you leave the middle world and you go to the upper world or the lower world. You go to the land of the dead and you reconnect with the oneness and you have a dance party with the divine. And then maybe you decide to reincarnate. But for those dead that haven't been able to reconcile their life and get out of the middle world, that's where you're going to find them. And we're basically talking about ghosts. And then other spirits that you might find um, in the middle world are um, what are known as ethnocentric spirits. And these are spirits that are dead, but that have chosen to stay in the middle world uh, because they have a very specific purpose. So these might be tribal elders. These might just be family members that are unwilling to leave the middle world until Jimmy graduates from college or, you know, until... Becky turns 18 or you know what I mean like there's <laughs> yeah, there's right. a real purpose there. So there's a lot of work to be done in the middle world, but when you're first starting out in your shamanic practice, you don't want to start there because like I said before, not everyone you encounter in the middle world is going to be willing to help you. And so that's why we travel to the upper world or the lower world so that we can literally meet who's wanting to help us on our spiritual journeys. There are differences between the upper world and the lower world. But you'll have to figure out what that is for yourself because I don't want to influence you. And the important thing about shamanic practice is that you are your own spiritual authority based on the experiences you have. And how do you have experiences that you can become an authority on? Well, it's through journeying. And so you journey to the upper world, you journey to the lower world, and you start to learn who your spiritual posse is. 
who's there to help you? And sometimes these are luminous ancestors, but sometimes they're power animals, the spirit of an animal. Sometimes they are deities. We were talking about Tori Amos, and in some ways she was shamanically connecting with the spirit of these deities, and they become your teachers. They teach you how to manage being here in the middle world as a human being. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we journey is because this is where they live. Spiritual beings live in spiritual worlds. And while they can come here, they can pass through the veil to deliver their information or their power or their healing, it's a lot easier if we go to them. And so we journey so that we can go to their realm where they are, I think, more freely able to communicate with us and to transmit the three things that we are journeying for, which is information, power, and healing. So that's what we journey for. And pretty much anything you want falls into those three categories, information, power, or healing. So when you journey, you journey with a really clear intention, and you only get one intention per journey. You can also journey on questions, literally any question that you can come up with. I journeyed before this podcast about what about journeying needs to be communicated. So the things I'm telling you are very specifically given to me from the journey I took. And you can journey on how can I transform the pain of my past into medicine for my present. You can journey on what sort of ceremony can I do to release these things. You can journey on the sky's the limit. Yeah, like the indigenous peoples who were first doing journeys, what were they journeying for? Well, I mean, it's a lot of things that like we might think about doing right now. Like, when's the plague going to be over? Where are the caribou? Why is grandma sick? How can we honor this particular deity? You know, like real survival shit. Um, like so you, we can get that tangible with it. Well, you're supposed to. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because journeying is about your ability to connect with the invisible world to empower your ordinary reality experience. So while it's nice to go to a spiritual world and to feel the love and the power and the medicine of the divine wrap around you like a soft blanket, we're not journeying to escape. We're journeying so that we can expand in such a way that we are able to receive what we need at that moment to come back here and live our lives better. And I would say at this time, this might be your way to really feel the presence of the divine in a way that is not connected to any particular spiritual or religious tradition, in a way that does not have to look like, feel like, taste like, sound like, anything that makes you uncomfortable. You get to have your own particular experience of the divine, and anyone can do it, and it's really simple to do it. It's an altered state, essentially. When we take a shamanic journey, we are willingly moving into an altered state so that we can connect with the divine. And so altered states happen throughout your day, you know, like when you scroll your phone for too long and you daydream, that's an altered state. You know, back in the days when we used to drive around uh, and you get stuck in traffic mm -hmm. and your mind would wander, that's an altered state. And traditional peoples would chant or use the drum or the rattle or plant medicine or breath work, a lot of different ways to achieve altered states. Going to raves. Totally. I mean, I remember those days. Yeah. What do you think that baseline is doing to you? Yeah. I mean, it's called trance music. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so 85% of shamanic cultures use a sonic driver. And a sonic driver is essentially any sort of sound that shifts you into an altered state. And even crystal singing bowls work as well. 15% um, of shamanic peoples do use plant medicine for altered states. And there's nothing wrong 
along with using plant medicine, so long as you're prepared and instructed and educated in using it. I'm using it right now. Oh, yeah, I bet you are. Um, chocolate ain't a plant. Actually, it is. <laughs> okay, um, thank you. <laughs> and I had an almond inside. Okay, well, there you go. Um, but the thing I like about using a sonic driver is I literally can take a 15-minute journey in the morning, write down what happened, and then, like, you know, go drink my tea and, like, have the rest of my day. If I'm, like, eating mushrooms all the time, I'm I'm pretty much not able to do anything else. Um, and also, when you take a journey with a sonic driver, you are more in control. Whereas when you imbibe plant medicine, you're essentially asking the spirit of the plant to possess you. And so you have a little less power. Um, so... The journey itself is a very simple practice, and I'm going to kind of break it down for you right now. So you are using your imagination to help you access spiritual wisdom. And your imagination and your intuition are opposite sides of the same coin. And so you use your imaginative powers, and it's a muscle like any other muscle, the more you use it, the stronger it gets, to help you feel into the symbolic nature of your life. And so you start always at a place in nature that means something to you. And this can be a place that you've been, or it can just be a place that you feel connected to. It's just important that it's a real place, that it actually exists. It can be your childhood backyard. It could be a national park. It could be a beach that you love. But the important thing is that you feel a connection to it. And you want to be able to really visualize it well. And so you visualize this place in nature you begin the sonic driving, whether that's listening to a drum or shaking a rattle yourself or chanting or doing breath work. And from that place in nature, you use a portal to take you to either the upper world or the lower world. And the portals can look like anything. Traditional examples for the lower world to go down are a hole that you can't see the bottom of or a cave that you can't see the back of, tree roots. But sometimes it's a little bit more esoteric and it's just like a pool of light that you take yourself down into. Sometimes it could be a whirlpool um, or it could be like, a little roller coaster that takes you down, you know, your imagination is really your guide here. To go up, you're just looking for things that intuitively feel like they would take you up, like a really tall mountain, or a geyser, or even a sunbeam. Um, a tree. A tree, totally. Um, but I've even had experiences in my journeys where like steps appear from the sky and I just walk the steps up into the upper world. The important thing is that you really allow yourself time in the portal, either up or down, to penetrate the barrier between the middle world and the lower world or the middle world and the upper world. And you'll feel it. But sometimes it feels like you're in that tunnel for a really long time. And it's dark and you don't know what you're doing. And so you start to go like, am I doing this right? Or what am I doing? Or I'm a crazy person. You just trust it and you really follow your intention. And for the first timers, your intention is to get to the upper world, to get to the lower world and to connect with a helping spirit. Because maybe you've even felt like, I know there are presences around me. I know I have guides. I just don't know who they are. And so that's what you journey for is to literally meet them. And so once you take yourself into the portal, that's the journey. And you're looking for light. So you're in the tunnel going down. You're looking for light to take you into the lower world, which has many layers and many realms. And it's like a dream. It's plastic. Things move in ways that we can't move in ordinary reality. Time and space are different, you know? And the same thing is true in the upper world. You're heading up and you're trying to penetrate some sort of barrier of, of air or earth or water, and you'll find yourself in this upper world realm. And it'll look different to everybody. I mean, generally, the upper world is kind of like 
crystal cities and cloudscapes and deep space. And generally the lower world is, you know, like natural vistas and landscapes, um, you know, and caves. But I have come to understand through my journey work that the upper world and the lower world are connected. Like if you go deep enough into the lower world, you end up in the upper world. And if you go high enough in the upper world, you end up in the lower world. Mm -hmm. So it's important not to get too caught up on, I think, the semantics of it. The important thing is just to start to map these invisible worlds for yourself to go and be an explorer. And that's why it's called a journey, because you're taking a real adventure into the world of spirit. But if you're in the upper world or the lower world, nothing bad is going to happen to you. That's why they're spiritual worlds. And anyone you meet there, you ask, are you a helping spirit? Are you a are you a guide? You know, helping spirit is the term we like to use in shamanism because it's very specific to shamanic practice. Um, you know, spirit guide is a term that's used a lot, but it's not specific to shamanism. It actually comes from another tradition. But at the end of the day, you can call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. The important thing is that you start to reconnect yourself to the sources of your spiritual power because in shamanic practice, it's all about power. Spiritual power is how you live a good life. It's how you feel energized to wake up in the morning and do the things that you came here to do. And if you don't have power, you're going to get sick. You're going to get depressed. You're not going to feel like you have the oomph you need to live your life. And we don't generate power so much as we are plugged into it through these sources. So you connect to these different sources and you feel which ones are more powerful and how can I call them to me in real time to generate some power from them. That's really why shamanism isn't just about escaping into the invisible world. It's about using the invisible world to live here more fully. And then at a certain point, the drumbeat changes and you come back. And any good journey track will have that shift. So that way there's a real discipline to it. And it's not that like, oh, like, if there isn't a callback, you're going to get stuck in the invisible world. That's not going to happen. You're in control here. You can call yourself back. But it's just nice to have the discipline, you know. And the more you do it, the more the discipline really helps you. You know, I start in the same place in nature. I go up or I go down. I have my experience. The drumbeat changes. I come back to where I started. And then I open my eyes and I write everything down. Because I tell you, it is incredible how quickly you forget what happens because you're in an altered state. And so you need to write it down immediately so that then you can start to unpack it and interpret it and understand why. And so this is the big thing that comes up all the time is like, well, how do I know that I'm not just making this up, right? And there are two answers to that. So the first answer is you are making it up. You're making up everything. You're making up your whole life on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. So just take a moment and sit with that. But the deeper answer or maybe the more practical answer, I should say, is that even if you tried to make up 100% of your journey, you wouldn't be able to. You literally wouldn't be able to. Because when our imagination starts going, it opens up a gateway to the intuitive. And so why you make up what you make up is really important. And that's part of your symbolic language. So if you can just let yourself go and have that experience and just really ride your imagination like a big, beautiful horse, when you come out of the journey, you go, well, why was I in the lower world in a desert having a conversation with a camel by a pool of water, as opposed to why was I in the lower world at the bottom of the ocean with a whole city full of mermaids or in the upper world with a star that was talking to me telepathically or there's so many things that happen and it's through the writing down and the starting to marinate on the specifics that you begin to understand what's really being communicated to you. It's a really simple practice. It's really direct and it is 
really old and everyone can do it. It's just that you have to learn how to partner with your mind. And so I encourage people who have really active minds, who are really logical and pragmatic. I'm talking to those earth signs in our in our gaze in our gazers listening. You know, make a deal with your mind and just go mind, if you help me do this and record everything that happens because the mind loves to do that and keep me task focused because the journey has a task. You're not just going spiritual tourism, you know, you're going with a reason. Even if the reason is just to like, see if I can get to the lower world, you know, your mind will help you with that, but you got to partner with it. And then you got to do something for your mind, you know, like you'll read a book or you'll, you know, do some creative writing or something your mind would like, you know, and that's essentially the art of journeying. It's essentially the spiritual watering hole, you know, like if you want to be in community with your helping and healing spirits with the wider web of the invisible, that's why we journey. And it's also a fucking shit ton of fun. Like it infuses your life with a lot more fun and a lot more synchronicity and a lot more power. And you can literally journey on anything. Like I've journeyed on like, I've journeyed for a healing on my neck because it was sore. I've journeyed when I was sick to get a healing on, you know, the cold that I was suffering from. I've journeyed for information on any number of things. And it just gives you another skill, another tool to answer your own questions in a lot of ways and to give yourself guidance so that you're not, you know, reaching out to psychics all the time or asking your friends or your parents all the time what to do. You ask spirit what to do because spirit always has your best interest at heart. I mean, how would you start to talk about your experiences journeying? You know, how has it made a difference in your life? How would you start to give people a taste of it? Well, I think. I would agree, first off, that it is a really valuable tool in just spirit work. I have had really profound experiences with journeys, but I've also had very, what feel like unsuccessful journeys, um, which I'm sure are not to some degree, but um, I have found for myself that I really have to like be on some level, like awake and present going into the process or else I fall into a space where I feel like I'm more just dreaming because my experiences have been very vivid and I always find mine to be very visual. Like when I think of like my lower world, it's like the never ending story meets adventure time. Like it's very much that kind of world. Whereas the upper world is like, inception on a cloud Mm -hmm. so um so there is like a like a vivid landscape for me like whenever i come out into the lower world i'm always kind of in a very similar place i like no trees i recognize there's grass like i i always like experience it in a very specific way well and it is specific it's just that some people are more visual and some people or more auditory or more sensual, you know, mm-hmm. like they're feeling their journey, which is important to say that don't expect it to necessarily look like a movie because you might be one of those people that really feel your journeys in your body, right. smelling and tasting and hearing, you know, are just as valuable in the invisible world as what you see. And oftentimes what we see is confusing because spirits take forms to help communicate to us, but they don't necessarily have forms. And so they can be shapeshifty or trickstery. And so seeing things isn't necessarily, no chase agreeing, uh, 
isn't necessarily something you can always trust. Yeah, and I'm sure because you you know you've talked about how they're connected to our relationship with imagination, intuition, that plays a part too. Like, how do we imagine? How does our intuition work? Some people's work through feelings, some work through seeing, some work through hearing. So I feel like there's even probably a layer of that yeah. too that's connected in some way, how you experience just your relationship with imagination can feed how you're journeying. Totally. Works. But you're going to the source of it in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the important thing to emphasize about journeying is like, yeah, you can call in a vision. Like, yeah, you can call spirit to you here, but it's so much more powerful if you go to them, you know? Yeah. And so that's what journeying allows us to do. Yeah. But I do think it's really a really cool tool. And, you know, I remember when I first journeyed probably like 20 years ago or so, like, and experienced it and connected to my first helping spirit. Um, you talked about like the serendipity, like the magic that you can experience, like coming out into the real world and like seeing images of, it was an animal spirit and like seeing images of that animal, like almost instantly after I came out of my journey and like cultivating a relationship with that animal. So I found that, I found that really cool and inspiring and the, and even just as I moved forward into, you know, I, sort of cultivated my own relationship with that animal and what that animal was teaching me at the time. But even as I moved forward in life and would, you know, get an animal deck or, you know, things of that nature and would just kind of stumble upon that animal and read the messaging, it always felt even more profound to me when I would when I, like, like, oh, it's that animal tapping back in for a moment and sure. saying, hi, um, remember me. And... And I do have like very specific relationships with certain guides and spirits that have come out of my journey that have really helped me deepen my spiritual practice that I utilize even just in my meditation now. If I'm not taking a journey, I still communicate with them. Yeah. So I hope that whets your appetite a little bit and gets you interested in maybe taking a journey on your own. I don't really recommend doing a lot of like reading about it or research about it because you want to have your own experience and you know what to do. You start at that place in nature, you find your way up or your way down, and you journey from your heart. If you have a real heartfelt desire to connect with a helping spirit, um, they're going to show up for you. And you just have to trust that whatever happens is what's supposed to happen for you and that you're totally safe in this so long as you get to the upper world or the lower world. And it teaches us how to be in right relationship with the spirit world. You learn how to be a good human in relationship with the invisible. You know, you learn how to say thank you and you learn how to say I'm sorry and please. And the more you can really connect with your various host of spiritual presences, the more humble and powerful you get simultaneously. You know, we talk a lot about gratitude as a powerful spiritual practice, but when you're really able to journey to the upper world or the lower world, or even just call in, you know, certain helping spirits and say, thank you, you know, thank you for being here. Thank you for helping me with this thing. How can I help you? It makes your life a lot richer and a lot deeper. And so at this time when you might be feeling very much alone, This is a practice that will reconnect you in a really major way to not feeling alone at all. 
Yeah, and I think it really can help you deepen your connection to faith in that way. Yeah. Because, you know, I know for myself, like, I had experiences early on where I was like, this is silly. You know, this, like, I'm, like, the lower world. You know, like, it didn't quite, because my practical, skeptical brain. Yeah, you're like, I'm, like, sitting, like, in my imagination by, like, a river talking to a rhino. Like, what the fuck yeah, am I doing? Yeah, I'm like, this is silly. Like, but... go read a book. <laughs> but I think... But that's just our conditioning, y'all. Yeah, and it does ask you to, well, if you're calling this silly, then on some level you're calling your connection to spirit silly. Totally. You know, so it just, it it does push you in some way to deepen your connection to spirit. Because like you, you know, like we've said, like, it is fascinating how you will take these journeys and then get a hit of it out in your real world. Yeah, the affirmation, the synchronicity of it right. all. Um, and also that there are as many different spiritual practices as there are people on the planet, maybe even more so. And so this is how you get to figure out what is my personal perfect spiritual practice. And I guess I should just say, like, who are the helping spirits? You know, like, who are these divine presences? And it's from my mind, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't say I know. But I think they're all different facets of the divine. You know, the divine is so multifaceted and many layered and expresses so many different, sometimes contradictory things. And each and every one of these helping spirits, whether they're angels or luminous ancestors or power animals or spirits of elements, whatever they are, they express some perfection of the divine that you can be in contact with. And that maybe help to illuminate what is divine in you. Mm -hmm. So on that note, I think we will move into our tarot card for the episode. Ooh, yay. So just take a moment and tune in as I shuffle the cards and connect to the cards by hearing them being shuffled. And just know that this message will resonate for you no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. This is the message that you need to hear at this moment in time. I'm going to let Angel pick it. Oh, so much pressure. So, you know, we pulled the Six of Cups, I think, just two episodes ago. Um, and we pulled it again. <laughs> this is a card that's really all about the expansion of the heart. When I teach the tarot, I talk about the sixes as expansions. And cups are all about the heart, the emotion, the intuition, the creativity. It's an expansion from within. And it's interesting just to think about journeying as a six of cups practice, as an expansion of the water of your life. Even that image I was talking about, like it's the watering hole, you know, where you go and you meet with all of your divine presences. But the six of cups in the tarot as a message is really about healing. And it's about mining the past so that you can move forwards into the future more clearly. Even the question that we mentioned, um, you know, how can I transform 
the trauma of my past into medicine for my present, that is six of cups. And so I think it's really important for everyone to respect that like whatever is coming up for you right now, like if there's old childhood shit coming up for you, and maybe it's not childhood, maybe it's like shit that happened to you in high school or college or in your fucking 30s, but like stuff from the past that's kind of rearing its head again, it is life's way of saying like you are ready to learn the lesson and to release these patterns, these habits, these fears, and to expand to love and to respect that everything in your life that happened is a teacher. Everything that happened to you has medicine. And that's not to discount the trauma or the suffering or the the really bad shit that can happen to us in our life. But there isn't anything that happens to us in life that doesn't have some lesson to teach us, that doesn't have some sort of expansion that is available in it, you know? If you can really let it speak to you from its core the teacher in the moment. You know, when we're no longer in the trauma, when we're in a safe place, we can really start to engage with that experience and understand what was it trying to teach me? Not from a place of drama or fear, but from a really deep spiritual perspective. And the Six of Cups does want us to move slowly and to be in the river of our own healing and to be gentle but to also perhaps be ferocious with ourselves and with our fears and be ferocious not like claws out, being like a warrior with your muscles flexed, but like being a brave warrior to really engage with the heart of your fear, to engage with the heart of your anxiety, the way that Angel's been talking about doing in these past few weeks. And I said to him, I'm so proud of you because it's not easy work, but what it does is it expands your heart. Because when you're in fear, you're contracted. And when you're contracted, you're contracted to everything, the joy as well. And so what the Six of Cups allows us to do is to open ourselves back up, yes, to the fear, yes, to the anxiety, but also to the joy and the connection. Like, that's the way it works, is if you are numbing yourself or dimming yourself because you're afraid, you're also going to be numb and dim to the joy and the gratitude and the connection that's available to you. So the Six of Cups is opening yourself up so expansively that the things that seemed like really you know, big swords in your side just become little thorns because you're so big and expansive with the help of spirit, with the help of your own heart. So continue to respect that this is a spiritual healing process we are all in right now. And that wherever you are with whatever skills or tools or awarenesses that you have, you are ready to engage with it. As you are, it's your process. So your intuition and your wisdom is available to you now and have at it awesome thank you funny that it showed up again yeah she's like everybody needs to work on their healing yes (laughs) she's like everyone needs to keep healing it's so true though you know i read this really great article that was all about like our need for comfort Mm -hmm. and how we can expect like a lot of the corporations to start you know advertising to our need for comfort Mm -hmm. because there's so much discomfort in this current time but discomfort is where we grow and we don't want to just like put a band-aid over some really big wounds culturally collectively that we're all experiencing right now and it oh, starts no. with it starts with you healing yourself so that you have the power to go like this isn't right and I'm not going to turn a blind eye and like we're going to make a better world now we're not just going to like eat our donuts and binge our Netflix and like put on our Nike's and turn a blind eye to everything are there donuts? 
No, there's no donuts. Oh, I would totally eat donuts and watch Netflix. See, I know. <laughs> Wait, well, what? Oh, of... no, I'm part of the problem. No, well, you know. I mean, like, there's a time and place for everything, but <laughs> um, moderation. Moderation in all things, including exactly. moderation sometimes. But but no, I completely hear you. That, shit's yeah. broken. We're all seeing that shit's broken. We're broken. Heal yourself. Heal the world. Yeah. Awakeness. Yeah. And from a place of healing. Totally. From a place of growth. And totally. give yourself this gift, you know. Um, the picture of this card, uh, is generally somebody with a cup and they're offering it to like a younger, smaller person in front of them. And you can see that as like you offering this cup of healing to your younger self, you know, um, or it could be that your younger self is looking at you and like, look at what you've become. Like you're pretty magnificent. Like you've survived. Oh, I thought that was going to go somewhere shady. And so, no, I mean, like, <laughs> look, look like, no, but for real, like, no matter, no matter what your monkey mind might be saying about where you are, like how much money you make or how many Instagram followers you have or like your status, like you're alive, like you survived and you probably survived some pretty difficult shit. So like, that's something to be proud of. And you can let that literal, and you can let that little inner child who was so afraid of survival and moving forwards, like you're okay. Like you've learned how to take care of yourself. And now maybe you can take care of that little inner child who needs, who needs some reconciliation. Oh, these little earthquakes. Here they go again. Ooh, these little earthquakes. All right, I got to go. I got to go listen to some more Tori. So as always, thank you so much for being here, Gazers. We didn't get any questions, so that's why there's no spiritual gaze mailbag. <laughs> yeah. So send us some questions. What do you guys want to know about? What are you interested in learning about at this time? If you have, you know, time. Yeah, we're down. And we hope to see you either at the webinar or one of our breathwork groups. We love connecting with you on Instagram. Don't be afraid to slide into our DMs and uh yeah just keep it pg yeah keep pg and y'all would you please rate us five stars would you leave us a review and just help us grow this podcast it would mean so much to us so just like take a minute we know you got it and leave us a little review let us know what you think about this show yeah that'd be lovely yeah we'd really appreciate it um but yeah most importantly we're hoping and praying for your health your safety uh and that you're all taking good care of yourselves and we love you. Uh, and of course, you can always find us on Instagram at The Spiritual Gaze. You can find us on Facebook at Spiritual Gaze, Twitter Spiritual Gaze, or at thespiritualgaze.com. And until next time, my loves, this has been your transit through The Spiritual Gaze.